Hello, everybody, and welcome to show. I like show better than podcast. To the secret podcast. And you're not supposed to be listening to this. And remember not to tell anybody because it's a secret. Shh. It's a secret. Hello, this is Kyle. This is part two of the 2002 Red Wings pod, whatever. Uh, I'm going to just get into it. So this Red Wings team had eight Hall of Famers on their roster, maybe nine if Pavel Datsuk gets inducted. Um, so typically for context, um, NHL rosters can only suit up 20 players, 12, offen- 12 offensive players, six defensemen, two goalies, and then like three or four reserve players for playoffs or something like that. Um, so 40% of this roster consisted of confirmed Hall of Famers with a ninth one who maybe could make it. So technically, between 40 and 45% of this roster consists of the entire hockey world recognizing these players as some of the best to ever play. <laughs> um, which is... I that's fucking insane. I I mean, literally name me any other sports team that has this kind of percentage. Like if, if we're looking at like tremendous teams, um, like let's look at like the bulls at their peak, they had three, they had Rodman, they had Pippen, they had Jordan, but there's like 14 players on a roster. So only like 28 to 30% of that team of that team that won six during the nineties, that could have won more if Jordan decided to stay. Like they only had that X percentage of players, and this Red Wings team had forty percent of the roster eventually become Hall of Famers. That's fucking crazy. That is the most mind blowing stat I found today, and it was so obvious. Uh, but moving on away from that, the All Stars that they had this year were five. They had five of them, and that's only because. All-Stars, they're trying to encourage other teams to allow players to get in there. They technically probably could have had like nine. Um, But the five players were Sergei Fedorov, who won the fastest shot competition with 101 miles per hour. He also, in previous years, won the fastest skater competition. So the dude who is super fast, has a crazy shot that could also line up as a defenseman on power plays, offering that kind of versatility on your on your team is just absolutely fucking crazy. Um, The second player is Nicholas Lindstrom, obviously. Then Brendan Shanahan, Dominic Koshik, who won the best goalie competition during the All-Star game, and then Chris Chelios. And then if I really want to get technical with it, Scotty Bowman was one of the coaches of the all, of the two All-Star teams, and then Pavel Datsuk made the rookie All-Star team. So technically, there were seven Red Wings people who were associated with the All-Star games, um, which is pretty fucking impressive. <laughs> um, after that, I'm going to just... Let's just go through the lineup. Uh, so for their first line, they had Brendan Shanahan, Sergei Fedorov, and Steve Eiserman. Three Hall of Famers on their first line. Like, good Hall of Famers. <laughs> like, most teams would hope to have two Hall of Famers just on their team. This is a team that had three Hall of Famers on their first line. At one point during the game, you're going up against three Hall of Famers. And then if Nick Lindstrom and Brandon and Chris Chelios decide to line up too, those are other Hall of Famers. That's an entire lineup of Hall of Famers. And then if Hoshik's in net, that's six Hall of Famers out the ice, on the ice at once. Um, so that's just the first line. Um, and then there's Luke Robitaille, Igor Larionov, and Thomas Holmstrom. Luke Robitaille is a top... 
20 all-time goal scorer in the history of the league. He's also a Hall of Famer. Igor Larionov, good two-way Russian player. And then Thomas Holmstrom, uh, one of the best to just stand in front of the net, tip pucks, and just be a pest. Also did a lot of the dirty work on the boards to make sure his teammates could get a lot of goals and assists and yada yada. Um, third line is Devereaux, a rookie Pavel Datsuk, and then the wily vet Brett Hall. Brett Hall is... I believe like third or fourth all time in the goals list. I don't have the stats out right in front of me. I'm reading off a notebook and there's a lot of notes scattered in very random places. Um, And then for the last line, which is technically considered your worst line and they're kind of grinders and being a grinder means your sole purpose is to play good defense that can sometimes shadow uh, other teams. First lines, Um, you get under the skin of the other team, you start fights, you hit a lot and you're fast. Um, so those are like pretty much the attributes of a fourth liner. And with that, they probably had maybe one of the best fourth lines of all time um, in terms of like what you want from your fourth line. And it consisted of Kirk Malpe, Chris Draper, and Darren McCarty. Darren McCarty was like the tough guy. If anybody was getting picked on, Darren McCarty would go out there and whoop their ass. Um, if if you haven't seen the Red Wings Avalanche brawl from like 96 or 97, Highly encourage you to go watch that, <laughs> and that should tell you everything you want to know about the Colorado and Red Wings rivalry. There's a lot of in-depth videos on YouTube that explain it, and it's very interesting. Um, however, an interesting stat that I found from Chris Draper, um, besides being an amazing uh, offensive player who played tremendous defense, he even won an award for that in like 94 or 04, I think. Um, I have that stat somewhere too. I just let it come back around. That's going to be a third video stat. Um, so I want you to think of how many face-offs happen in just one game and then how many face-offs a player takes pretty much just a year and then compile that throughout like how many face-offs they take in their career and how many players have done that. That's a lot of players. It doesn't matter if you're one of the best goal scorers. If you can't possess the puck, you never get to score. Um, and Chris Draper, all time, is the eighth best face-off winner <laughs> of all time. He's a top 10 face-off guy, and he's on your technically worst line. And his face-off win percentage was 57.9%. And the thing about fourth liners or like grinders is they play a lot of penalty kill. So this is important because you're negating a possession that the team with an extra player can get and potentially score on you. <laughs> um, you're removing that from them. You're saying... You're putting out this guy, and he's going to win the possession. So hopefully your defenseman or your winger can fling it out of the out of the blue line and kind of fuck up their possession and their vibe. Um, so that's just a nice little tidbit of information that's I like to kind of include. Eighth all time for faceoff wins. That's crazy. That's so cool. Um, and then what do I want to get into? Boy, I can really make this into a four parter if I want to. Um, but I think I'm going to stick to it. Uh, let's just get into the fun stats, you know? Let's get in. Who, who's scoring the goals here? Uh, burp. Um, might have another one on the way. Oof. Um, so at this time, they had four players who uh, are on the top 20 list of most goals scored all time. So <laughs> let me reiterate that again. They have four players who are in the top 20 all-time goal scorers, and that is 
Brett Hall being the fourth with 741, 10th is Steve Eiserman with 692, 13th is Luke Robitaille with 668, and then 14th is Brendan Shanahan with 656. For a comparison, if this was the NBA, you'd have Kobe Bryant, Carmelo Anthony, Oscar Robbins, Robertson, who at a time was considered the best point guard ever to play, like before, I don't know, like the 70s or 80s, and then Dominique Wilkins, who was like one of the best dunkers and scorers for the Atlanta Hawks during like the 80s and 90s, uh, which is so fucking crazy to me that you have four <laughs> top 20 all-time goal scorers on your roster, and that's not including Sergei Fedorov, that's not including... Dominic Hasek, that's not between the pipes. It's not including Nicholas Lindstrom or Chris Chelios holding the blue line. Like these are just four natural supreme goal scorers who are some of the best in the league. And obviously I'm going to include point leaders too, because I'm not just going to cherry pick one stat and then just completely put a blanket over another one. Um, because if we're talking points, like assists are almost as important. Wayne Gretzky has almost double the amount of assists that he does goals. And he's easily considered the best player to ever play the game. Um, so with that, uh, all-time points, 7th is Steve Eiserman, 22nd is Luke Robitaille, 23rd is Brett Hall, and then 26th is Brendan Shanahan, which is also really crazy. Like, it's not as impressive as the goal leaders all-time, but still, if you're talking about points, like, there are a lot of people who are just good at assists. Like, Joe Thornton, pretty much, like, makes 90% of his points off of assists. Um, and for context, these are the players who are playing in the league who aren't on the Red Wings, who are on this top like 50 list. Um, so, which also just kind of speaks to the era of how good this time period of hockey was. Um, so second all time in points is Yammer Yager. Fifth is Ron Francis, who was on the Carolina Hurricanes, who the Red Wings beat 4-1 in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, in the Stanley Cup, not in the playoffs. Um, well, technically playoffs, whatever. So I'll just start again. Second, Yammer Yager. Fifth, Ron Francis. Eighth, Mario Lemieux, um, who was a part of that historic Pittsburgh team. Uh, ninth is Joe Sackick, who was a part of Colorado. Fourteenth uh, is Joe Thornton. Sixteenth is Tamu Solani. Twenty-fourth is Mike Madano. Twenty-eighth is Matt Sundin, who was part of the Maple Leafs. Thirty-sixth um, is Jerome McGinley. And then forty-fifth is Jeremy Roenick. So to reiterate that again, for the Red Wings, they had the 7th all-time point leader, the 22nd all-time point leader, the 23rd all-time point leader, and the 26th all-time point leader. And then, if I really want to throw in another stat that's fun, if we're just counting defensemen and we're just comparing defensemen's like stats, uh, Nicholas Lindstrom is 6th all-time with points, if it's just defensemen. Um <laughs> with an astounding 264 goals and 878 assists. And then if we're talking just plus minus, which plus minus means uh, how many goals were you on the ice for, regardless of like for or against. And that doesn't include power play, which is so crazy to me because Nick Winstrom has been a perennial backbone of the Red Wings power play since like he first laced up the skates for the Red Wings in like 91. Um, so if you score on the power play, it doesn't affect your plus minus whatsoever because it's a man advantage. So uh, with that, Nick Lindstrom is also sixth all time in plus minus with 450. So he was out on the ice for the Red Wings to score 450 goals against uh, four or 450 goals for, as opposed to the amount of goals against. So like, he was out on the ice for a lot of Red Wings goals in even play, <laughs> not power play. Um, and then Chris Chelios is 12th 
uh, in plus minus with 351. Um, also, if I want to throw in more defensive stats and accolades, Lindstrom is second all time for Norris trophies, which is best defenseman that year. He has seven and he's only second to Bobby Orr, who is maybe considered the second best player behind Wayne Gretzky. Um, and then Chelios has won three Norris trophies in his career. So this, this team, when I tell you it's the fucking best, I mean it, man. They have all the stats and so much evidence that kind of proves that they are just, I don't know, they're, they're just better than any other sports team. And it's just not fair. And it's, like, I'll admit, like, this is before, like, the crazy NHL cap era and stuff like that. Um, but I do have more stats in the third video that I think will kind of bring home these points of just how well built and, like, pretty much bulletproof this entire roster is. Um, but anyways, thanks for listening. Take care. Things are going to get...